Nehemiah chapter 6. Now, when it was reported to Sanballat, Tobiah, and to Geshem the Arabian, and to the rest of our enemies, that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left in it, though even to that time I had not set up the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let's meet together in the villages in the plain of Ono. But they intended to harm me. I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I can't come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? They sent to me four times like this, and I answered them the same way. Then Sanballat sent his servant to me the same way the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Gashmu says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. Because of that you are rebuilding the war. You would be their king, according to these words. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now it will be reported to the king, according to these words, Come now, therefore, and let's take counsel together. Then I sent to him, saying, There are no such things done as you say, but you imagine them out of your own heart. For they all would have made us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened from the work, that it not be done. But now strengthen my hands. I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home, and he said, Let us meet together in God's house, within the temple, and let's shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to kill you. Yes, in the night they will come to kill you. I said, Should a man like me flee? Who is there that being such as I would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. I discerned, and behold, God had not sent him, but he pronounced this prophecy against me. Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was hired so that I would be afraid, do so, and sin, that they might have material for an evil report, that they might reproach me. Remember, my God, Tobiah and Sanballat, according to these works, and also the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. So the wall was finished in the 25th day of Elul in the 52 days. When all our enemies heard of it, all the nations that were around us were afraid, and they lost their confidence, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Moreover, in those days the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For there were many in Judah sworn to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah the son of Arah, and his son Jehohanan had taken the daughter of Meshalem, the son of Berechiah, as wife. Also, they spoke of his good deeds before me, and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. So this chapter starts when the walls have been finished, but the gates are not in yet. So now the enemies are getting desperate. They're trying some tricks. <laughs> so they, they call for a meeting at the plains of Ono. Oh and I think if he had a gone, it would have been definitely a case of, oh no. But um, uh, apparently, uh, that no one knows where that place is. I, one of the Bible commentators that I read said it was 19 miles north, north of Jerusalem. So about you know 30 kilometers away. And that was Kaufman. Another Brenneman said that Ono oh is up near Joppa, which is where you know Jonah hopped on his ship. That's a long way away. Um, Anyway, we don't know which one it is, but it's in any case, he had to leave to go to this meeting and he knew it was a trap. They wanted to kill him, so he didn't go. But the second trick they tried was very crafty. 
he went to meet with a prophet that, you know, you, presumably you can trust prophets, but the prophet said, you know, the Lord says they're trying to kill you, so flee to the temple. Well, that was would have been taking a step that he wasn't allowed to do as a non-priest going into a certain part of the temple or, or whatever. Apparently, you, you, you shouldn't do that to save your life. I'm not really sure, but he says that he's, he, dis, he um, discerned their trap and did not go. Now, I was wondering, how do you discern a trap like that? Because that's a pretty good trap when you manage to pay money to an actual prophet that Nehemiah would otherwise trust, and they prophesy things that are not the Lord, but things you want them to say, that's a very sneaky little trick. How did Nehemiah discern that that was not the Lord? What do you think? <laughs> it doesn't say. It doesn't say here, but I have a feeling that we already know that this is a very prayerful man. We know that because in chapters, between chapters one and two, when he got a burden for the wall, he was in prayer for months. So what we've got here is a man who is a prayerful man, carries the burdens of the Lord. So when a, a trap comes along, he discerns. He discerns because the Lord allows him to discern. And that's how discerning works. Discerning comes from the Lord. Wisdom and understanding come from the Lord. The Lord gives them to you. Um, there, you know, there are people in the world who are intelligent, they're smart, but there's some things you cannot know unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Nehemiah is clearly someone that, um, that you know, this is revealed to. And so what we've got here is a case of a false prophet. And uh, so whenever you've got um, a prophet that is serving with wrong motives, what you've got there is a false prophet, even if the things they say are true. So if you go way back to the book of Numbers, we were covering all sorts of interesting things that happened in the desert period. Um, the, the Hebrew word for the book of Numbers is Bamidbar, which just means desert. So when the Israelites were in the desert those 40 years, one of the things that happened to them was that there was this false prophet called Balaam. And Balaam was false, not because the things he said were false, but because the motivation of his heart was false. So Balaam actually spoke true prophecies but he spoke them with a false heart. So the Bible declared him a false prophet. Here, we've got a prophet who would otherwise have been a normal prophet, but they were available for purchase, so they spoke false words because they're available to be bought. So they're a false prophet in both counts. The heart was wrong and the words they spoke were wrong. So you can't get any more false than that. <laughs> in... Um, Sometimes we've also got sincere people, and these, these would be people in the body of Christ around us who think they have a word from the Lord, and they're very sincere. So what you've got there is a case of a false prophecy, but a true believer. <laughs> so you can see it can be a bit complicated. And um, the Bible tells us to test every prophecy. And so in the New Testament period, we don't, um, you know, you can have people who really love the Lord, they're very sincere, but we test the word. And so we take it back to the Lord and we say, Lord, is this from you? And there's often um, guidance in, in the council, in, you know, in the council of many words. So I know here when we have these weeks of listening prayer and we get as many people in the church to spend time listening as possible. And it's amazing. We get a lot of words handed in. It's amazing how an often theme will emerge, how the Lord seemed to be saying the same thing, but through lots of people. So you really can trust it. You know that the Lord is speaking. 
And uh, <laughs> there are various ways to test things, but often when the Lord speaks independently to multiple people, you know this really is the Lord and he really is speaking. So Lord, I pray you give us discernment like you gave it to Nehemiah. Give us a heart that is discerning above all else, to know what's right, to know what's wrong. Father, to not be led astray by false words. I pray much grace will be given to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 